bold and raw perspectives of local politics, important information which impacts our community, nation, and world, exposing truth, transparency, and getting to the heart of relevant issues that you just won't see in the clickbait media, and always keeping it real. It's the Michelle Tanner Podcast. But I won't back down. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Michelle Tanner Podcast. This is actually part two from the episode last week. So if you missed that, you are definitely want to, you definitely will want to go back and listen to part one last week with Jamie Mitchell. So let me just do a quick recap. So Last week, we discussed the, quote, bathroom bill that passed here in Utah recently that, in a nutshell, was to require an individual to use the bathroom or private space that correlates with your sex at birth. Um, And so through that, I mean, obviously, that was something that I was in support of in general. I had Phil Lyman on who... Uh, had a bill that actually got rolled into the bathroom bill that ended up getting passed, um, sponsored by Kira Berkland. And then we had Riley Gaines on, who spoke about her experience with having to compete against a biological male. And obviously, there's some clear disadvantages there for women competing against a biological man. And also her experience being in the locker room, you know, being exposed to male genitalia in the locker room. And, you know, she talked about just the discomfort she felt, her and her teammates having to even undress in front of a biological male. And so I read in St. George News a perspective from someone in the transgender community, Jamie Mitchell. And I thought it would be really interesting to bring on Jamie to talk about just a different perspective, because that's something we'll get into a little bit, how I really feel like that's missing in America, that ability to be able to just sit down and have a reasonable discussion and realize hey, it's okay. We don't have to agree on every single issue. We can still love each other, right? So I'm really curious, Jamie. A, thank you for coming back on. And we will hit a lot of, hopefully at least some of the topics that we didn't get to in part one. But first, I just want to hear about what your experience has been like since our episode last week. And also, happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for coming on on Valentine's Yay, Day. Thank you. And happy Valentine's Day to you too. We're thank all you. checked out and read today. Yes. Oh my goodness. I was so, I, I kind of knew there'd be a little bit of backlash for us as sitting down civilly talking about these things. Uh, I felt like it was a great, very productive thing. And most people have said the same, but there are those on the fringes that are not happy about, about us being here today. And it's a little bit crazy. It's been eye opening for me. And I think you've said the same. Yeah. What was really eye opening for me is I actually, seeing some of the vile messages toward you from people on the right, my mama bear actually really got fired up. Like, don't you dare come after Jamie. Jamie is a good person. And it reminded me actually of, and you know, I've received very hateful vile messages periodically a lot over the last few years, Uh, but especially a couple of, well, I guess a year and a half ago or so, I had hate messages coming from all over the world from primarily people in the LGBT community, but a few of the messages in particular, in fact, I should just pull it up and read some of them, but I won't. I'll recap. 
but essentially some people were saying, I hope those demons, you know, come out of you. You are possessed and you are an effing, you know, X, Y, Z, all the most horrible, horrific things. I hope you die of cancer. I hope you have a slow, painful, you know, just all of the things that you can imagine would be the worst things to say to another human. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing some of these similar messages come from people on the right. Oh, Jamie's possessed by demons. And and it just, I reverted back to thinking of those those extremes on both sides and how those two sides, especially the extremes, are really not that much different from each other. It's almost like these two sides of the same coin. And I really... If I can describe any emotion I had the most over the last week, it's sadness to see that just the amount of hate and lack of love and tolerance for people as a human being. I don't have to agree with everything you do, all of your viewpoints. Um, you know, yeah, if I brought on a pedophile, that would be another story, <laughs> right? right? They right. wouldn't even need a surgeon. No. I would go ahead and just completely <laughs> amputate their genitals, that. right? They don't need a surgeon. Uh, but that's not you. That's not what we're discussing here, right? This is yeah. something totally different. And so that really hit me hard, honestly, just seeing some of the hate from both sides and I think we have social media a lot to thank for the division in this country. That's another thing that's really hit me hard this last week is it's become this toxic environment where people can go on there and just spew whatever they want to spew without really any accountability because you're not face to face with someone. I, I highly doubt someone would say some of those words straight to my face or vice versa, straight to your face. That's true. And it's interesting. So much of it is done in the name of religion. You know, God hates you. God doesn't want you to live. You're violating God's commandments. And, you know, and and part of that, I kind of respond with like, hey, somebody commented, Jesus cast out sinners. I'm like, okay, first of all, you're implying I'm a sinner. Second, Second thing is Jesus earned that right. If you're a Christian, you believe that Jesus earned that right by atoning for the sins of all mankind. So what are your credentials? Where do you come from to insult me or insult you? And I saw a really, really cool quote from Abraham Lincoln on Saturday. It said, I really don't like that man. I need to get to know him better. Oh, I love it was that. Really cool from Yeah. Yeah, the founder of the Republican Party who who said, Yeah, that's that's the way that we that we come together. And I can't think of a more divisive thing. We think we're divided today. Imagine how it was in his time. Right. But that was his answer. Let's sit down, let's sit down and talk. And that's what we're doing. I love that. And by the way, we are all sinners in case anybody (laughs) needs to hear that. I had a few comments similar. Maybe you read some of them of, yeah, I can't believe you would, you know, be talking to a sinner. And I'm thinking, well, I'm a sinner too. Um, I have to repent every (laughs) single day. Trust me. I'm the perfect one. Sean over here is, you know, the perfect man. So, you know, there's not many of them, Sean and Jesus, but you know, outside of those two. And Santa Claus, because, you know, (laughs) right. Doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, that's what really just hit me too, is like, you know, Mm. what makes me better than you or you better than me. And actually I was free. I brought this book because I was reading this book to my kids last night, not even thinking in correlation with this podcast, but it's called choose to see you. And essentially the point of the book is that we are all born with infinite divine worth and nothing changes that. 
throughout our lives. We are who we are, our soul, right? And obviously, a lot of us go through different things in life. Some of us have more trials than others in life. Some of us make worse decisions than others in life. At the end of the day, though, that worth doesn't change in this this individual in the story. It talks about all of the judgment that they experience by people and comparison to other people. But yet still, all of that aside, doesn't matter what people think, that individual's worth, who they are, does not change. And on the flip side, the person also receives a lot of praise in the book and, oh, we love you. You're doing such amazing things. And even with that praise, it still doesn't change who the individual is. So it's all about just choosing to see you. And I also think that's a big part of what we are missing in America too, is we're not seeing ourselves for who we really are as children of God. And and I'm so grateful. You, you're a parent, Michelle, you know, have, how has being a parent taught you the way God loves us? I know when I first transitioned, my dad was really struggling, still, still does, to be honest. And I thought at one point, I'm like, well, he's going to disown me. And he said something to me that was really cool. He said, you know, you love your children, right? Is there anything your children could do that would make you not love them? What would, is there anything you No, No, I mean, it it is so infinite and and unconditional. He said, that's how I feel about you. And that's how God feels about all of us. Right. It was, it was a touching moment. And so I have to remember that even when he has his own struggles, that it's okay. It's okay. He, he has a right. There's a, there's a good reason a lot of times for it. And the people who are doing the hating, as my spouse likes to say, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes because they're struggling too. That's so true. And, and yeah. We, we just need to be kind. That's really just the thing. doesn't mean we can't have an opinion and, and right. say what we feel is right. And there's a lot. One of the things you challenged me to do last week was to watch the uh, Matt Walsh video. Did what you is, watch it? I did. What is a woman? Holy cow. I want your perspective on that because I almost, that was one of the things I yeah. was going to bring up in the last episode mm-hmm. is what is a woman? And I didn't know if that episode would offend you or I'm just curious. What was your take on it? He brings up so many valid points. I didn't make it, to be fair, I didn't make it all the way through. It's tax season. This girl's busy. But- it was it was really impressive. So he so for those that haven't seen it, he goes all around the world and asks people, interviews people in a really kind way. I felt yeah, like he it's was very he, just straightforward. He what is a woman? He didn't come at it with an opinion of well, you sh- you need to say this or you need to say that. He was just open to whatever. And and what he found was it was pretty much impossible to define. It, it became very difficult. And so and I think that's what we're finding legislatively as well that when we when we pass. Uh, laws and go, well, this is what we're going to, this person is allowed and this person isn't allowed. Um, You know, that exclusion is really, really hurtful. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine who's a therapist this week, and he used to work in the prison. And he was telling me that these hardened criminals who have nothing to lose, you know, they shiv one of their cellmates. It's what add to your already life sentence. They got nothing to lose. There is only one thing, one thing that they fear solitary confinement. Mm. There is something very innate about us as humans that, and it's probably, I don't know, caveman days. If, if you're a caveman and you get left behind by your tribe, it's death. It is certain death. And so our brains are wired to stay with the tribe. It's something that we innately feel a need to do. 
And I feel like what's happened when we when we say, okay, the tribe is over here, trans people are over there, are not allowed to participate. I think that's why it's so hurtful. I think there's something inside the brain that says, hold up, I want to be included. I want to be part of the tribe. How do we make that happen? So I think what I really took away a lot from my experience over this last week since having you on last and you hit on part of it is there's this underlying reactional response that is based in fear. And that's what's stimulating both sides. Because like you mentioned, coming from the transgender community, there's that fear that you're going to be excluded or alienated or not accepted. And on the opposite side of that, there's this fear of you're coming for our kids. You're going to, you know, completely change the way we see women. And, and I think there is that fear from the, the women's side of things. And actually, so that Matt Walsh, I know you didn't watch till the end. So at the very end, cause he's going all around the world, trying to define a woman, he walks into his own house and asks his wife, what is a woman? She just says an adult human female. <laughs> and that's how the whole episode ended. It was, it's just, it's just kind of funny the way, um, if you guys haven't seen that, what is a woman by Matt Walsh? That was a really interesting documentary. Well, so, and, he, and he presents some, there are some very, very simple ways that we could, we can include everyone. That's not that difficult. You talked about, okay, trans women in sports. Can we just have a private changing area? It's that easy. Just put up a little barricade and say, this is it. Do we, or do we put an asterisk next to a record that's held by a trans woman? Or, I mean, one thing that was brought out in a different interview from Matt Walsh, they said, why don't we just make women's sports, women's sports, and then men's sports is open class. So, I mean, there, there's some little things that I think are, are a little bit of quid pro quo from both sides that could lead to a pretty amicable solution. But in absence of that, let's we're going to talk about Natalie Klein. Oh yeah, we're going to bring that up. But I want I want to hit okay, on let's, something let's you said there. Back. Please do. So, would do you think the transgender community be open to a completely third group? So you have men's sports, women's sports, and then a transgender mm-hmm. category. I only speaking for myself. I know there are some and and. I, I get it. For someone who maybe transitioned really, really young and has never had testosterone poisoning like I did, I would say I think it's interesting maybe, that you call it poisoning because <laughs> I love me some testosterone. I, well, I mean, I'm not on any testosterone, right. obviously, but... But man, I like, you know, a man with some testosterone. Anyway. Oh, as, as do I, yeah, no no hate for the men. I, so I tell when, you, you, when you say like the toxic, I'm like, oh, but testosterone is like so important in society. But no, anyway, it so. is. And I'm sorry, that's my bias. That's my bias. But I, I've always said that. I was like, we talked about marathon running last time. Yeah. If I, I, I don't think I could do the marathon now because I've got an artificial hit. But if I could, what would I do? How would I sign up? I don't know that I'd feel right about signing up in the women's category. I might... I would very much welcome for myself a third category. So do you think this is, I was thinking about this the other day, if there was this third transgender category, then would there be, okay, but we want it separated trans men and then trans women. Oh man. So so, four categories. Well, yeah. So I'm like, so that needs to be, Mm. if would they want that separated, but not men versus what? I mean, it's just, it's, it's pretty interesting. It gets complicated really fast. Right. It does. It really does. And and then the other thing is, 
it's a very different thing to talk about individual sports like track and swimming versus group sports like basketball or, or soccer. Is there a problem with a, a trans woman on a on a volleyball team? I don't think so. I don't think that's I don't think that one player is going to make or break the whole team. And it and and apart from the whole locker room issue, there's probably not an issue there with group sports, like there is with individual sports. Which but I think even still biologically with the group sports, I mean, take Leah Thomas's swim team, take the individual um, you know heats out of the out of that and just the the team aspect in general i'm pretty sure the coaches were welcoming leah thomas with open arms cuz they're thinking man oh. you're going to lead our team to a lot of records with that testosterone right that actually makes a lot of sense because there was it seems like the university of pennsylvania was like over the top going to all ends of the earth to support Leah Thomas, even when it didn't make sense to do so. But that's probably why, because they knew they were going to smash all the other records. And, and I agree, that's probably not fair. If, yeah. When, when we talk about what's, we talk about liberty and, and, and freedom and what that means and, and how, how it plays out. If we have liberty and freedom for a small group, that's not liberty, that's privilege. And we need to make sure that we're not giving privilege, but we're actually giving what do we what do we say in the Pledge of Allegiance with liberty and justice for, for all. all? And that's my issue with DEI, the diversity, equity and oh. inclusion is because yeah. we are taking a a small group and saying because of the color of your skin, because of your gender, because of your sexuality, you need to have these like separate extra privileges and scholarships. And I take issue with that. Even as a woman, if someone wanted to come and say, I'm going to give you an extra scholarship for being a woman. No, I'm going to earn that on my own. Right. Thank you very much. Sure. I am very capable. I have just as much merit, if not more than any man out there. So how dare mm -hmm. you try to say I need special privileges? I don't see anything more racist, sexist, bigoted, than DEI in America right now. But I'm curious your thoughts on that. that. That's a complicated and interesting issue because DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, for yes. those that haven't heard the term, and recent legislation has taken that out of the school's curriculum. And so they're no longer allowed to say, hey, here's, you need to be nice to Jewish people, black people, Latinos, whatever group. And I kind of agree with that to a point. I mean, I do. I, I think as long as we're saying with at the end of it, it doesn't matter what group a person belongs to, loop them in. They're part of us. Don't discriminate. Because I know like during the racial riots in the 2000s, a lot of, a lot of black men came out and said, a lot of famous black men and women came out and said, we need to stop race by just quit focusing on it. Because the more our, our politicians try to divide us into groups, the more they can control us. And I think yeah. we just need to stop being divided into gay, straight, Jewish, Christian, or liberal, conservative, rich, poor, men, women. Stop it. We're all, we're all humans. We're exactly. all children of God. Let's get together. Yeah. Just like you said of our Pledge of Allegiance, justice for all, oh. right? We don't need oh to be gosh. separating out into these categories. And that's one thing that has really frustrated me. And I think maybe you can help bring some perspective to this as well, because kind of back to that fear of why I think some people on the right 
tend to get reactionary and riled up just by even seeing that I had you on the podcast is I think some people are feeling, and of course they've never even had a conversation with you, which is why it really bothers me that they would even say anything or try to go after you in a negative manner. But so take pronouns, for instance, there's been this push in society to essentially, I don't know if you saw this lawsuit, it was about a year ago up at SUU. So a SUU professor had an individual in his class, which I believe was a female. And then the next semester identified as being non-binary. So, you know, didn't want to use she, her pronouns, wanted the professor to use they, them. I believe the professor was maybe a religious person and, you know, very much believes in, you know, male, female, there's not like a they, them category. And so instead of using pronouns at all, the professor would just refer to this individual by their first name. Um, I think maybe he slipped up a few times. I don't know, but somehow he got reported and got reprimanded and, So where do you draw the line of, are we now forcing the speech of this professor who, you know, is looking at this individual who is a biological female trying to, you know, be respectful while also not violating his own conscience of, you know, what he believes, right? Mm -hmm. So where do we draw this line in society of forcing speech onto others that they may not agree with? That's so funny you say that because that's what my mom does. My mom refers to me as Jamie. When she doesn't want to say she, her, hey, she's like, Jamie, which is great. <laughs> and and I, I'm okay with that. And yeah. I think it comes down to your intent. It's kind of like this institution we're at now. We're recording at Utah Tech, formerly known as Dixie. And I don't think anyone in St. George intended Dixie to be a racist term. I don't think anyone ever thought, let's just talk about, let's just be bigots. That was never the intent, but nevertheless, it happened. And I think it's the same with pronouns. A lot of times people miss uh, misgender or mispronoun or, or a dead name, someone who's trans. I'm guilty. I have friends who've transitioned and it's hard for me to get in my head that that's now she, her. And and the, the they, them is also very confusing. There's a, a comedian that talks about, he, he invited someone over for dinner and they said, can we, can I bring a friend? And they said, yeah, invite him. And he says, no, it's them. So he went and bought a lot of food. <laughs> because, well, and, and when his friend showed up, there was only one person. And he's like, I don't care who you are. You're going to, you're going to eat all this food because I bought it for, for all of them. And so it, it is difficult to use the, the, the way that it just happened to be. It ended up being plural. And that's, that's confusing. It's hard. I think it comes down to your intent. If you are trying, if you are constantly referring to me using the wrong pronouns, it's at some point it's just it's just hurtful. Like if someone referred to you all the time as that jerk Tanner, jerk Tanner, jerk Tanner, instead of using your real name, at some point you're like, okay, now you're just being mean. Uh, you know, it's not it's not cool. It's at some point it's just not cool. A, a slip up, an occasional thing, yeah, it happens. Where most people are cool with it, but when it's intentional, again and again and again, then it then it starts to be. Like, okay, now you now you're meaning it. Now your your intent has changed. Well, and I think you can even look at it on the flip side of say I really want to be Latina because I actually love the Latin culture oh, and my, you know, Latin family members and, you know, say I want everyone to refer to me as Latina Michelle. And yeah. if you don't, I'm gonna be offended and I'm gonna force you. So I think there's like that. 
that balance, right? But I think the but, intent is what you're saying is. But, but if that meant something to you, like if you really genuinely felt that, I have a son. His name his name is Brayden. His friends years ago started calling him Rusty. I don't know if you know where it came from. It's not his middle name. It's not anything. Mm-hmm. He has adopted that and prefers and wants to be called Rusty. So I honor that. His, his name is Rusty. He's Rusty to me. And, and I will call him Rusty as long as he wants to be called Rusty. It doesn't make him wrong or bad. There's nothing. There's no intent there. And I think that's what it comes down to. So one of the topics we hit on a little bit in the first episode, which for me, this is where a lot of my passion even stems from is children and not my own, well, of course, my own children, but not only my own children, but just children in gen- general. And we touched on some of the statistics that we're seeing with mental health, you know, increased oh, mental health huge. issues, especially since COVID, which I mean, we don't even necessarily have to go there, but that's actually and- what initiated my entrance into the political arena was I felt the threat to my children's future with these tyrannical mandates coming from the medical community. I knew there was not the scientific research to back up mandating masks on healthy elementary children. And Mm -hmm. that's when I came out swinging like, oh, no, you know, you're not going government is not going to be mandating this onto my children. And so, you know, and seeing that in other areas now, the effects we've seen because of some of those mandates and social isolation and fear that we've instilled into some of these children, now seeing these increases in mental health issues, but also, you know, on the lines of LGBT, I do have a serious concern that where traditionally we've had what maybe like 5% of the population that have have identified in the LGBT community. And now we have some of our schools across the country who are like 40, 50% of their students saying at least they Mm -hmm. identify in the LGBT community. And I worry that there is a social contagion aspect. I'm not saying that's that way for everyone. I think there's some legitimate, you know, cases, but I do think, and you can see this in the statistics too, if someone has a personal friend who's in the LGBT community, they are like 80 times more likely to also identify themselves into that community as well. And I think you hit a lot of that earlier where we want to belong. It's human nature, right? And being a kid and a teen is hard enough as it is. So if we can find somewhere where we feel like we belong and feel loved, I want to get your thoughts on that though. Yeah. Thank you. My, It's interesting. I was talking to my doctor and I think we touched on it last week's podcast where he actually said to me that there's a point like all teenagers are crazy, clinically insane. We don't diagnose (laughs) personality disorders with teenagers because they all have personality disorders. (laughs) Oh, if you're a parent of teens. Yeah, you you know. And so there's a period of time where every pretty much every human questions their sexuality, questions where they fit into the world. And that's pretty normal. But eventually they work it out and they go, okay, the the brain rewires itself and whatever kicks in, kicks in. And I think that's where we start measuring statistics is there. If you're a parent, every child is your child. You yeah. you love all children and that's that's not going to change. But I, I, yeah, I think there's a pretty, a pretty good amount of therapy that is also helpful. Because another, you, you mentioned mental health and science. One of the things that I think it, it doesn't just affect this issue, but we want to talk about school shooters. You know what the answer to that is? More therapy. 
we need to be able to openly talk about things in our society that have traditionally been taboo. Mm-hmm. And they say if you have if you have only only crazy people don't have therapists. Can I tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> this is from someone who's done a lot of therapy. And if you have six friends, you don't need a therapist. If you have six close friends that you can confide in, you're probably pretty mentally healthy. If you don't, and, and not to talk shade on anyone, but I think everyone should have a therapist. Everyone should have someone to be able to talk these things out with. It's so, so important. Mental health, it, it's everything. Yeah. No, it's huge. So you mentioned a little bit about Natalie Klein. So oh what, what were you going to say oh about Natalie Klein? <laughs> well, so for those that don't know, uh, obviously this, this bill passed, what, two and a half, three weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. governor, governor signed it. And and he signed it. Incidentally, he knew there was enough votes in the House to overturn a veto. So what's the point? I, I don't necessarily disagree with him for that. There's a lot of good things in the bill. We need more gender neutral spaces. Agreed. I think no one no one's going to dispute that. But there's this underlying uh, dig to the trans community. I felt like, and it 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 got put a punctuation mark on it. Uh, this week when Natalie Klein on the state school board, I believe, made made a comment about who wh- who she thought was a, tr- a trans girl playing on a on a basketball team, on a women's basketball team and called her out. It turns out it wasn't a trans girl. It was a it was a cis, a cis girl. So here we are totally hurting the very population we're trying to protect. We pass a bill to protect women and girls. And the hate that spews out from that girl, from that bill ends up coming back and targeting the very population we're trying to protect. And I think that's that that just really puts an exclamation point on why we don't hate. I think there's a few aspects to that, to the situation we've seen this last week with how that has been blown up in the media. Um, and I'm certainly not giving Natalie Klein a pass. So what she had posted is a picture of it was a flyer for a Mm -hmm. girls basketball team and you know two girls biological Mm -hmm. girls Mm -hmm. um the one did definitely have big muscles and short hair and she captioned it girls basketball and then people kind of went crazy in the comments i did not see the comments um but when she realized that she you know took the post down she put up an apology and you know does that mean that putting it up was right in the first place no and she acknowledged that by apology apologizing. But what's been interesting is to see that now weaponized as political purposes. She's up for a reelection. And all of the sudden, and it's interesting because I've not seen them do this with really anything else. And I can list some examples where they really should have, um, you know, the governor's office is calling her out. Other elected officials are calling her out. The media is blasting mm-hmm. this everywhere. And I'm thinking this poor girl and her family, I mean, oh, they went gosh. through enough by having the photo on social media of a public official. Right. But now it's like if the media really gave two craps about this girl and her family, why would they be blasting it to literally national media? It's about a story. It's about a headline. It's about political gain, right? They saw this, this crack in, Mm -hmm. in the system and, oh, we can really dig and get a story out of this. So that really bothers me because you look at these other situations like governor Cox, when he called out a BYU student who actually, I believe was a handicapped BYU student, um, and claimed that he actually called him an asshole, uh, for stating that he used a racial slur at a, a sporting event. 
which turned out to oh, not even I be true. Mm-hmm. And our governor called this BYU student out as yeah. an asshole on social media. And it ended up not being true. So, and I didn't hear a peep out of anyone, really. It, I think the post was removed. a little bit. It circulated some, but not, but no, not to this no level. no call for impeachment. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they're mm-hmm. doing to Natalie Klein. Um, we have another acting senator right now who... Uh, posted, commented on a social media post of a uh, boy who was dressed provocatively as a girl dressing or dancing very provocatively, um, almost looked like a strip show. I didn't see the whole thing, but very provocative dancing. And this acting senator commented, wow, this kid's got moves. It's like, Mm -hmm. That's creepy as hell. Are you kidding me? Nobody's going to say anything about this. Basically, pedophile type comment of this, you know, young boy dressing provocatively as a girl. So those things that just the hypocrisy, I guess, is what gets under my skin. Not giving Natalie a client a pass. I think she acknowledges that what she did was wrong, um, which is why I believe she took it down and apologized. But I don't know. It's again, it's like from all sides and I'm seeing, you know, her get attacked by both sides right now. And I just think like, we should all get off of social media. We, That's what oh I Oh my think. gosh, you're so right. Probably be better, better marriages, better society. <laughs> I know. Because it comes, it comes back to, and I agree with you. I don't think Natalie Klein intended to hurt anyone. She's just kind of falling into this idea that, okay, we love people who meet traditional beauty standards. We love people that fit into these neat boxes that we've created. And it sort of circles back to like with the DEI. We need... We already have on the books laws that stop things like pedophilia and public exhibition and uh, uh, voyeurism. Those those are already illegal. And so we we have filters to take care of the bad actors. And I think where we run into problems is when we say, okay, you have to match gender norms or beauty standards. And this poor girl on the basketball team, maybe she didn't meet traditional gender norms, but it doesn't make her less of a woman. Right. Being raised as a, as a tom girl with five older brothers that taught you how to rope and ride doesn't make you less of a woman. Right. And, and I think it's, it's we got to be very careful about that. So what's your position on, because I think where the LGBT community can get a bad rap sometimes is there is a small fraction of the LGBT community who are avid activists who want to push certain agendas onto children who do push more of a sexualized type behavior being okay in front of children. And in my experience, that is not the vast majority of people in the LGBT no, community. It, it's the not. vast majority are like you. They're very reasonable. Uh, they're good people. You know, mm-hmm. we relate and have common ground on an awful lot of issues. But then there's this small fraction that really, and it's on the right too. There's people mm-hmm. on the right that are just pushing this hateful narrative that make all of us on that side of things look really bad. So, I mean, do you agree that there is kind of that fraction within the LGBT community that is pushing some of this agenda onto children? I, I don't. And the reason I've, I say that is because that conversation really comes back to nature nurture. If you feel like being gay or trans is a choice, then grooming could be a thing. And that, that would definitely be a discussion to have. If But if if we acknowledge that it's not, that someone's born that way, there, you can groom all you want, but nothing's going to make you be uh, a trans man or, or, or a gay woman or whatever 
in anywhere in between. Uh, we are kind of who we are. Now, having said that, I don't I, always tough to have a conversation about sexuality because I know people used to say if they saw two men holding hands, it was like, well, I don't mind it. I just don't want to see it. And, and, and but that's not but that's not overt sexuality. They're not doing anything pornographic. They're not doing those kinds of things. And we we would call that out whether it was homo or hetero. Nobody nobody wants to see that in public. I mean, we're we're conservatives. I, I tend to be I tell people I'm a I'm a fiscal conservative and a social liberal, probably <laughs> would be a good way to say it. But we believe that the government needs to stay out of our bank accounts and stay out of our property and stay out of our bedrooms and stay out of our pants. I mean, that to me is the is a quintessential fun, you know, the fundamental part of liberty, the way that Thomas Jefferson conceived it. And that is that if you're not hurting someone else, you're probably okay. And things like that, if we're teaching overt sexuality, um, forcing um, images and and actions on young people that they're not ready to see or hear, or they don't want to see or hear, that's a problem. We need to not do that. Yeah. And with the nature nurture, because I can appreciate where you're coming from. But when we have schools where 40 to 50 percent of the kids are now saying they're in the LGBT mm. community, are do you think that those are all nature or is there no. some nurture to that? There's, there's a lot of nurture. And I'll tell you, it, it's interesting because when I first transitioned, there's a lot of attention at, at first. And it was kind of like at first, I wasn't really ready for it when I transitioned. I was like, whoa, everybody's looking at me. And, and now I kind of feel almost deluded. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Where's all the attention? I was having a good time here. Now I'm just a normal girl and nobody listens to me. So that's how I know. That's that's what a woman is, is someone who no one listens to. <laughs> that's how I know oh I've arrived. Goodness. Right. If we're talking about Walsh, maybe that's what it is. Oh, and and funny. the church. We were going to touch briefly on the church. I know we're about out of time, but the church is history. Oh, we still with have it. so much more to talk oh, about with the church because those were most of the messages I was getting. Mm-hmm. I think people wanted me to like have a Bible bash with you or something. And I'm like, that wasn't the purpose of my podcast. I mean, if we want to be real, the Bible actually says any sexual relations outside of a man, woman in marriage is so that means all y'all out there fornicating, you know, like (laughs) all of that is a sin. Equally bad. Right. And, And the church has a really fraught history. They've gone from, you know, doing shock therapy in the seventies. I mean, you want to talk that really kind of solidifies the nature side here. They shock these men. And when they put pornographic images of, of uh, homosexual acts and when they got aroused, they would hit them with an electric shock. It was horrible. They stopped at 1976, but the papers have all been published. There's still people around who I've met that, that were subject to those studies. This is all in my lifetime. So was this the actual church who was doing this it, or they were they were promoting this? It's or, BYU. I'm, I'm naive to this. I didn't know about yeah, they did. They did this study at BYU back in the uh, they did it from the late 50s to the mid 70s. It went on and um BYU, it, I mean, it's the church. They're, but then, so then the church comes a long time through the 80s. There's a lot of talks that I used to just listen to so carefully that said, being gay is a choice and you need to not make it. Uh, at one point, Elder Oaks said something, the effect of homosexuality is a uniquely human sin. It does not exist in the animal kingdom. Turns out at the time he said that there were 900 known species of animals that engaged in same-sex behavior. Since then, there have been 600 more discovered. So he was he was wrong. Does that make him less of a leader? Not necessarily, but he needs to maybe scale back the hate because it's the same thing we're seeing. But then fast forward to, you know, they, they supported Prop 8 in 2012. 
well, or 2008, I think it was, they, they supported Prop 8 in California to eliminate same-sex marriage. But then they came out in 2012 with mormonsandgays.org, where they specifically said being gay is not a choice. You're born that way. You can't help it, but you need to not act on it. And so that was like for the gay community, a huge leap forward. But then it was followed up in 2015 by the exclusion policy, where they said anyone in a gay relationship, your children cannot receive ordinances. So there was a period there where my kids couldn't actually receive priesthood and ordinances. And then they reversed the that as well. Then they reversed it in 2019, and they were great. And they they changed the handbook to include allow trans people to participate in meetings. And they supported organizations like Love Loud that were trying to let, let kids know in the LGBT community that they're okay. Well, and I think the bottom line is separating culture versus the actual gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what I try to follow is Jesus. So thank you all for tuning in. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. For being a we ran out of, of time again. <laughs> podcast. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share. And always remember to keep exposing truth. But I won't back down. No, I won't back down.